Afternoons Live with Tyler Axness on News Radio KFGO. Three oh six. That is your KFGO time. Derek Hansen in for Tyler Axness. I guess we have a couple of substitutes here today for our Vikings weekly segment, brought to you by Royal Jewelers, and it's a pleasure to have him. PA's a little uh, tied up today. Want to thank Ben Lieber, former Viking linebacker, with us to help us out. And again, a Viking update brought to you by Royal Jewelers, located in downtown Fargo for over 90 years. They're your local family owned jewelry store, and they're a proud supporter of Viking football. Ben Lieber, former Viking linebacker, with us, part of the Vikings Radio Network sideline reporter. Thanks so much for being with us. And, you know, this is kind of a fun week. I think a lot of the fans, you know, up here, and I'm sure down in the Twin Cities, too, really didn't expect to be getting ready for this 49ers playoff game coming up on Saturday. Yeah, no, they, they didn't at all. And uh, and I understand. That's the thing. Like, you know, it's, it's fun now in hindsight to, like, poke fun at those people that, that doubted the team. But, listen, if you, if you were going to, you know, if someone had a gun to your head and said, like, who's going to win this game, you know, 99.9% of people are going to say the Saints are going to win. And that's just, that's looking at the reality of the situation. They were going, they were trending one direction. The, the Vikings were trending the, the opposite direction. Um, but I think everybody around here knew, if you watched the team, that if you get our best effort, uh, you're going to go out there and can, and can compete. And you can really compete with anybody. So uh, everybody rose to the occasion and they, they pulled off a great victory. Um, but it's it's a it's a whole nother ball game now. You know now they got to learn from their past mistakes a couple of years ago and uh, and stay focused. You know, as a former player, I don't know how you felt about it, but even I, as a fan, and granted, I didn't have a ticket to the game and spent a bunch of money for it. But I thought giving themselves essentially a bye week on week seventeen was smart. And, and now I look smart at it because they won the game against the Saints. But you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, I know what you're getting at. You know, I was I was in the opposite camp. I was I was emotionally tied to the, to the the fact that this is football man make these guys play football and and uh they when you come off a clunker game you know that's that's the thing if they had gone out there on monday night football against the packers and played a great game played physical football uh earned that time off i would have said all right yeah you guys deserve uh, a week off get healthy because it's gonna be a grind of the postseason but when you go out there on monday night and you don't play very well um and you're going to get a week off it's kind of hard to to get that that momentum and carry that momentum and confidence into the postseason, And, you know, I think, I think Zim did end up making the right, right call um, because, you know, there, there are some analysts and there are some former players that have played in these, in these games have won Super Bowls said that usually the healthiest team is the best team. And uh, if you're good enough to get in the playoffs, then, then you're good enough to compete with anybody. So if you're healthy, you're going to give yourself the best chance. Knowing that Delvin Cook kept saying that he could have probably played two weeks ago, and it makes for an interesting conversation with the Packers game, knowing if you win then and, and Detroit can pull off the upset, maybe you can jump all the way up to, what, the two or three seed. But, you know, looking at it, I mean, I think they maybe thought even at that point that they better just take it maybe even a couple weeks off offensively. No, the defense played their butt off against the Packers, but you know what I'm getting at. I think they were just pretty happy to get in once the 49ers beat the Rams that previous Saturday night. Yeah, I think again in hindsight and uh, and credit to Coach Zimmer for for having the wherewithal to think many steps ahead and not just stay in the moment. Uh, he looked at it as like, what's the highest probability? You know that you really think that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna win this game. And it wasn't just an or. You had you had to have the Lions win. Do you think that's gonna happen? Um, probably not. 
And so what's, what's the better likelihood of, of banging up Dalvin Cook? He gets hurt a little bit more. He's maybe 80% going to the postseason as opposed to rest him for two weeks, and he's close to 100%. And he understands that this offense functions better with him in there, and he made the smart decision at that time to not play him. I got to ask you before we move on to the 49ers game, you look at a guy like Taysom Hill, as a de- former defender, a guy like that drives you crazy. It's kind of like it reminds me a little bit of Cordell Stewart when he first came on the scene, right? It's the first time we saw someone kind of be that Swiss Army knife. And, boy, what a weapon he was. If it wasn't for him, I think the Vikings win, win by two scores. Yeah, you know, it's it's a little Antoine Randall L. It's a little Cordell Stewart slash and all that stuff. Um, you know, the frustrating thing is that, yeah, I look at it in the simplest terms and you're like, well, just just treat him personnel-wise like he's a wide receiver, even though that, you know, he can line up at quarterback, he can be a wildcat guy, he can throw the ball, he can catch the ball. Um, I, I wonder if we had to do it in hindsight and had to do it all over again, we wouldn't maybe freak out as much. We wouldn't worry about any one specific player having to shadow him. Just treat him as a wide receiver, have one of the uh, the corners of the nickel line up on him and and, and, and give your best effort. Sideline reporter, former Viking linebacker Ben Lieber with us. I want to ask you because it's still circulating on all this. It's maybe just something that they have to talk about during the week, but your take on the final play. And, and I don't have to remind you, you know, when we talk about pass interference, it can be called one way or another all the time. And you were, you know, obviously affected what I thought was kind of a, a ticky tack call in the, in the uh, overtime back in t- January 2010. But yeah, you, know, you look at Rudolph getting separation. I didn't think Williams was innocent on that. What did you think of the no call? Because no one can stop talking about it. Yeah, they can't stop talking about it. Listen, I, I understand if I'm a Saints fan, I get it. You know, you, you lose a couple of years ago in the Minneapolis miracle. You lose last year against the Rams in which they made a rule change. And then you lose again uh, to the Vikings on the last play in which, you know, is there a questionable call? You know, maybe, but if you look at the totality of the way they're calling that game, they were letting the players play. Uh, they were only calling the, the very clear and obvious penalties. And you know, there are a couple uh, defensive holding calls that I thought that they could have called on the Saints as, as the game played out that they never called. They just kind of kept their flags in their pockets, let the players play, and, and I'm glad that they didn't change their tone at the very end. Now, if the roles were reversed and, uh, and we're on the, the other end of that and we lost the game, of course, I'd be like a little upset that it I was like, oh, you can see his arm extend and all that other stuff. But I'd like to think that my rational mind would take over. And I, I don't think that we would have gotten screwed on the call. I think that's just the way the game was being played out. And I like how that game was called, to be honest with you, because I've seen a lot of plays where I thought maybe Xavier Rhodes or you know Trey Waynes wasn't in great position. We're looking back for the ball. Maybe they w- should have. And then they got called for it. And I kind of go, come on. I wish they kind of let him play a little bit more. And the same things. I don't think Williams was really great downfield there. I thought he was kind of grabbing and clutching, and you know what I mean. I think they're just kind of fighting for position. And I like it that the game is played that way a little bit more by swallowing the whistle. Am, am I wrong there? No, you're not wrong there. And and I know it's not a hail mary situation because it, it it wasn't. You know, there wasn't a scrum of guys you know jockeying and and hand fighting and pushing. But Every basically every hail mary situation is a push off happening somewhere, and there's there's defensive guys grabbing at guys to hold them down, and that was a one situation one on one situation where yeah Williams was holding his arms and there's there's snapshots of it there's a snapshot that I saw of him holding Kyle's arm with the ball in the air and you know by the letter of the law that's that's defensive holding with the ball in the air out of the quarterback's hand so 
it really could have gone the other way. I just think it looks worse because you have such a, a physical mismatch that Kyle's so big and Williams is, is such a smaller player that it makes it look worse when Kyle extends his arm to get separation. Looking at that pass, looking at the pass to Thielen, I mean, he was the driver of the career for Kirk Cousins, and it was great for him. But, again, I think you know it's the great moment for him. Now he has to take that next step to really get in that upper echelon of quarterbacks. But this is the seed that can be planted. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think so, and and let's hope that, um, you know this this is the this is the sort of mental win that he needed. You know, you you talk about visualizing as a as an athlete, and you visualize these plays, and you go through before the game like, all right, they call this, I get this formation. You try to go through all these this mental gymnastics, and and most oftentimes you're 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 thinking about success. You're visualizing success. And for Kirk, it really hasn't happened that way, the way he wanted it. And now that he kind of visualized that, he saw it through to, to fruition. Hopefully now he understands kind of the mentality and what it takes to make some of those clutch plays and just to pull the trigger sometimes and trust his teammates. I thought he played a great game besides that. You know, there was some hidden yard, yardage in there where he threw some nice balls in critical situations. We had a couple guys drop it. Dylan dropped a couple early. Um, Holland's dropped one over the middle that I thought was a catchable football. Um, so I, and I think even BC Johnson caught a, a third down uh, slant pass that should have been a should have been a catch as well. So there, there were some plays that I think if you look back on it and say, well, Kirk had a hell of a game, not just a not just a great throw at the end. Ben Lieber with us, former Viking linebacker, part of the Vikings Radio Network broadcast team. He'll be on the sidelines in San Francisco, no doubt. I mean to kind of. And you know this, a running game can travel well is kind of the term that everyone's using right now, and that's going to be the case against a very good defense led by the hotshot rookie Nick Bosa. I mean, that's going to be – to keep balance against that team is going to be key. Yeah, no kidding. And I think that's the, the same the same keys to victory that they went down and, and executed in New Orleans is the same I think you have to do in, in San Francisco. You have to run the ball effectively. Uh, most importantly, the offensive line has to handle that big defensive front I look at San Fran's defensive front, and it reminds me of watching Chicago's healthy, fully loaded defensive front. When those guys are are all up and they're all 100%, Akeem Hicks, Goldman, you get the guys on the outside, we have a hard time with those type of players. And and they have two guys that are six foot seven, 290 pounds, and they play violent just like Chicago does. So if if uh, if we can do anything, our offensive line has to play well. They have to play in sync like they did on Saturday, on Sunday, and uh, and hopefully they can get that win. As far as the other side of the ball, the Vikings defense, I think the biggest surprise is how well they played. But, boy, moving uh, Everson Griffin, who's had a great year, I think kind of quietly bouncing back after everything that happened last year. And Daniil Hunter's becoming a superstar. I mean, he is, what he did, just hitting the tricep of Drew Brees and causing the fumble, he is just playing with reckless abandon right now. Yeah, he really is. And, and yes, a lot of credit to Everson for, you know, behind the scenes doing so much work on himself and, and get him in, getting himself in a position to be a successful man on and off the field uh, is remarkable. And then you get a guy like Daniil that, that continues to stay humble, continues to, to grind off the field and in the classroom to make himself a better player. And he knows what he has. You know, he's got, uh, he's got lethal weapons in those long arms. And, he knows how to create separation. He knows that when he's attacking the quarterback, that his his long arms can poke the ball out. And we've seen that a couple times now. I believe even in the Seattle game, the same thing happened where he, he, the quarterbacks were scrambling. Or I think it was the excuse me the Charger game 
uh, quarterbacks are scrambling and they're just not expecting his arms to get in there and make plays. And, and he's sort of mastered that, that art. And uh, it's, it's great to have a guy like that in your team. How much do you appreciate being a linebacker seeing, you know, not only bar the way he plays, but Eric Kendricks has been just an animal this year. He has really been something special all year long. Yeah, the, those guys have been awesome. You know, I don't know what, what got into the both of those guys this year, but from game one, they've been downhill. They've been physical. They've been attacking the line of scrimmage. I think Kendricks is playing off of blocks a lot better. He's actually hitting with force and, and, and bringing uh, the blocks to the offensive linemen. And, uh, again, himself using separation because that's the thing. He's a, he's a shorter arm guy, and so he's really going to pop those guys and create some separation. He's been doing that. He's, he's tremendously instinctful, and he's always been that way. So now he's kind of putting uh, putting everything together, and, and again, another great year of pass coverage. No doubt, a kind of a mash unit with the secondary. How do you see them matching up against you know a quicker receiver? Rhodes does pretty well against the bigger receivers, Julio Jones. And actually, I thought you know you always hear the term you hope to uh, you can't stop him, you hope to contain him. But they kind of did that against Michael Thomas. Can they do that against the wide receivers for the 49ers? And obviously, a lot of that's going to go with you know trying to get and containing Garoppolo too in the pocket. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. This team is going to play action more than uh, than New Orleans did, and I think it's I think it's going to come down to just coverages. You know, not not necessarily mano a mano. I, I don't think that we want to get in this this contest where we want to play a lot of man and uh, and man up those guys because I think you know Kittle's going to get you more often than not. Samuel's going to get you more often than not. Sanders can get you more often than not, and then uh, they've got some two hard charging running backs that can get downhill. So um, I, I think it's a it's a variety of zones that we can play play tight and underneath, uh, try not to, to bite too much on play action and just rally to the football. Yeah, George Kittle, you know, he really gave the Vikings fits two years ago in that regular season game at U.S. Bank Stadium. He is right now probably the best tight end in football. Yeah, he really is. And, and it's funny that uh, there's so many people around the league that don't even understand that he can block. I mean, he's a devastating blocker and a very willing blocker. And he's a guy that they account for in the run game. So you it's not like you, you see him in the in line next to the tackle and you're like, oh, well, this is going to be a soft edge. That guy can bury some people. So he's really become quite the uh, the complete tight end, and um, you know, he's a scary guy in, in the open field. Final thing for you, Ben Lieber, is that do you think that these two teams in a way kind of mirror each other? I mean, they both like to run the ball, do oh, play. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're like the same team in a way, just that the 49ers have a better record this year. Yeah, no, I think that's, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting matchup because both defenses have seen a version of this offense the whole year. You know, when they practice good on good in, in practice in the off season, it's the same sort of stuff. It's full back in the backfield. It's, it's single back zone, zone runs. It's, it's boots, it's play action. Um, you know, there, everybody's talked about the, the Kubiak Shanahan connection, the Shanahan and, and Kirk cousins connection. So, there, there's a lot they can uh, they can learn from each other. There, of course, there's variations of it, but at the core of it, it's basically the same offense. Very good. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to hearing you on the sidelines on Saturday. I usually don't ask for predictions just because I always say it's hard to predict turnovers. That's usually the way, where the game is won. So uh, it should be a well of a ball game, nonetheless. Yeah. No. Thanks. You know, in, in this position that I'm in, I, I'm I'm obviously going to go for the Vikings to win this game, but. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to be fun. If we can, our, our defense can continue to take the ball away. We can, we're going to walk out of there with the win. You bet. Hey, thanks so much for your time. Safe travels. We'll talk to you very soon. All right, thank you. 
Ben Lieber, again, a Vikings linebacker, former Vikings linebacker, part of the Vikings Radio Network, sideline reporter, does a lot of stuff for our sister station on the Fan Radio Network, and uh, always fun to have him on here. Just a wealth of knowledge, really a, a great football mind, that is for sure. Vikings football, 2.30, coming up on Saturday with a pregame show, 3.30 is the kickoff right here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. Derek Hansen in for Tyler Axis here on Afternoons Live. Look at the stars, look how they shine Regional, national, and world news at no cost to you. The most honored broadcast news website in Fargo-Moorhead is kfgo.com.